Remember that one time that you moved schools and all of the new kids would put boogers on you because they thought it was funny? Is that just me? This is Locked On Big 12. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome into Locked On Big 12. I am Drake Toll from ESPN Central Texas and the Drake Toll Show. Thanks for making Locked On Big 12 your first listen every single day. I have, um, I got bad news. For the new schools in the Big 12, things are not going very well. For everybody not named BYU that has moved to the Big 12, which who was here? Who was like, oh, you know what? The one team I think of the new Big 12 that could probably make a run and make people upset is BYU. Who said that? I don't know. Must have been a smart guy without any facial hair. By the way, I will shave my hat if we hit 10,000 subscribers by January 1st, which we are going at a rapid pace and getting dangerously close to. So <laughs> slow down a little bit. Uh, the new schools. What's going on, man? First and foremost, for BYU, look, good for you. The things are going really well. I'll get to that. For the old schools, sweet. This is good, right? Because we all, like, I, I'm going to speak on behalf of the old schools for a second because I've been in the Big 12 longer than the new, the new schools and say... Guys, don't tell the new schools, but we all kind of suck. West Virginia, who was picked 14th in the league, is currently the second best of the I-rate eight. Now, I think West Virginia is good. This isn't just a fluke, but if you're Kansas State, TCU, Baylor, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, etc., you you see this and you go, ooh, ah, this isn't good. Luckily, though, still a step above the new guys, it seems. Because the new guys, if you're keeping score home, have not beat, have not beaten an irate eight team or any of the remaining teams in the Big 12. BYU has maybe the best win of the new teams overall by beating Arkansas. Their one Big 12 win came against Cincinnati, a team that is not, not a, an original member of the Big, of the Big 12. For UCF, who I thought was going to be good, who I thought would beat Baylor, they could beat Kansas, they could sneak up on Oklahoma, could give Kansas State a run for their money. They played well. UCF, you played well without John Rice Plumley against Kansas State, making me think, hey, even with Timmy McLean, this is a good UCF team. And then you did the worst thing possible. You went and you're, you're up, you're killing Baylor. I predicted preseason. UCF, by the way, Let's none of us go to my preseason predictions, especially the games I picked as upsets. This was an easy one. We got to this point in the season. I was like, finally, I can be Socrates or Copernicus or did they predict things or were they just, I could be one of the David Blaine. Oh, still not a good example. And could have predicted the future with UCF losing or beating Baylor. I'm sorry, Baylor losing to UCF. And no, the Knights had to just, piss down their, their leg and lose a 28-point lead. UCF is now 0-2 in Big 12 play, 3-2 overall, after being on the cusp of my top 25 nationally through three games. Love John Rice Plumley When he comes back, hopefully you write the ship. But if I'm looking at UCF's schedule, you're going to lose to Kansas most likely this week. You're going to lose on the road to Oklahoma. You're probably going to lose to West Virginia. You can beat Cincy, you can beat Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, it's going to be tough. Houston, you'll probably beat. I mean, UCF's like a, a skate by, a 6-6 six and six here. 
That's not great. Cincinnati, you beat Pitt. And I thought, all right, yes, finally. You know, Pitt, you beat Pitt. You know, BYU beat Arkansas. Maybe there's a couple of these teams that can prove at the non-con that they're going to be solid and Big 12 contenders. Cincinnati, since then, scored six points, two field goals against Oklahoma. Defense played well. And then lost to BYU on the road in a game that Cincinnati outgained BYU in, like, everything. On paper, Cincinnati won that game by a billion points. Keaton Slovis had two passing yards with a minute to go in the first half. And I was sitting there in my seat at Lavelle Edwards Stadium thinking, oh, that's not good. All this singing I've done for BYU over the last few weeks, Keaton Slovis has two passing yards. Obviously, a really good last drive gave BYU the push that it needed to go and win that game. They, they won the middle eight, the middle eight minutes, and dropped Cincinnati to 0-2. <sighs> then there's Houston. And I don't even know, man. I don't even know. How did you, how did you beat UTSA? How? UTSA is good. They have been a very disappointing team in Texas this season. So I'll, I'll give it to you. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe they're just not that great. You lost to Rice. And there are so many Houston fans that are out there in the comments section. I, I read the comments sometimes. My mom reads them. She sees what you say. By the way, this is a great time to say thank you for the Monty Show stuff. All of you that came to my support, that was great. No need to bash Monty, but thank you for supporting me. Kind of weird that he hasn't responded to any of it. What does that say? For Houston, I read your comments, and I see you all saying this is, this is a, a much better Rice team. Okay. Okay. Sure. I, nobody was really saying that when Baylor lost to Texas State. Nobody since he was like, yeah, well, that's a damn good Miami of Ohio. Iowa State fans were kind of saying, well, Ohio won the MAC. But let's not. That's just a bad look. If you're Houston, welcome to the Big 12. We can't make excuses for losing to Rice. You're, you're power five now. It's not how it works. The loss to CCU wasn't that close. The Sam Houston State win, great. You beat Sam Houston. Then the Texas Tech loss, especially down the stretch, wasn't that close. If you're keeping score at home, that is zero wins against the irate eight for the new guys. Whoop, whoop. Not a banner start. For BYU, the reason that you get to be the king of the new guys is you do have a win in Big 12 play. The only team of the four with a win in Big 12 play. But it was against Cincinnati. You were 0-1 against the original members. You get TCU coming up after the bye week. And that that looks winnable. By the way, can I... Here's one thing that I, I do want to see from the new guys. I want to see... Oomph. I like TCU. Hence the banner behind me. I went to the national championship. I wore a TCU jersey despite being a Baylor grad. I have no spite against TCU. I know a lot of Baylor fans do. I cover the whole conference. But I am praying that BYU fans will show up in Fort Worth. Amon G. Carter has never been an epic atmosphere. A lot of Big 12 teams, it's not just TCU, a lot of Big Big 12 teams will struggle to fill the stadium consistently. BYU travels. When Army and Navy play in Charleston, it's packed because anybody who was in the Army or the Navy goes to the game. When BYU plays in Fort Worth, anyone who is in McAllen on mission, Alito on mission, Arlington on mission goes to the game. Pack it out. Pack it out. I hope there are a ton of BYU fans in Fort Worth. Please make the trip out. I will do my best to go to that game. I think it'd be a blast to see BYU and TCU go toe-to-toe. 
and try to win, I guess. If some of the if somebody the new in the new teams, this is good news for everybody that's remaining in the Big Twelve. And guess what? The eight teams really like all of you. We really do. You know, we don't like the nasty Utah fan liars, which is only like five percent of them. The rest of you are great. The Arizona State fans, where are they? Arizona, Colorado. The original eight members would rather see the four new guys succeed over the new Pac-12 teams coming in. That's the truth. We would rather the four new guys be in a position to win against a an Arizona State or an Arizona. That is our gift to you for coming in the league and helping save us is we want you all to be good. Can you just put it together and stop just, just, just the excuses? <sighs> Except for kind of you, BYU. I give you a free pass for now. Here on Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, you got me all worked up to talk about DoorDash. You've loved it forever. It does the thing that you do when you need the things, which are foods. You need food, so you go to DoorDash. They go to your restaurant. Boop, boop. They pick it up. They take it to your house. But now you realize you burnt your last piece of toast. Your avocado has gone bad. Your hot sauce is empty. Don't go to the grocery store. DoorDash will do it for you. Get everything you want. Fresh groceries every week with DoorDash. You've trusted them to do the food thing. Now trust them with the grocery thing. You get exactly what you ordered or DoorDash will make it right. Thousands of grocery stores to choose from. Even more value. You save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with $0 delivery fee on on all eligible orders of the Dash Pass membership. Oh God. Dash Pass membership. 50% 50% off your first DoorDash order up to $20 value when you use code Locked On College. Check out limited time offer terms apply. 50% off $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees in your first order. When you go to DoorDash, download the app in the App Store, enter code Locked On College. Locked On College, 50% off your first order with DoorDash. West Virginia. You know, I was, I was going back to my predictions preseason where I said West Virginia was going to suck. And then, you know, all the West Virginia fans are like, which you get to be right. You get to be right. You didn't suck. You didn't suck. But I went back and I thought, I wonder, you know, how this West Virginia team graded on some of the most reputable sources for analytics in college football. This is the pick six previews. This is Brett Ciencia, a Heisman voter. It's the best book for college football that exists. It is almost never wrong. And just like me, this time it was. You know, how about these analytics? Try these on for size. West Virginia was 55th of 69 Power 5 teams last year. 10 of 10 in the Big 12 as far as game grades go. They were the worst team graded in the Big 12. You lost your entire receiver room, most of your corners. We had been waiting for the offense to do something. You couldn't do it with JT Daniels, a former five-star quarterback, and Graham Harrell. So what? how am I supposed to trust you? Everybody, it feels like everybody's new for West Virginia. You know, you have C.J. Donaldson who's just running the ball. You know, I miss like the Pat White era. I was like, oh, where is that here? Why, how, how, did, how did Neil Brown screw this up so much? The worst coach since the late 70s for West Virginia. And lo and behold, all these questions I'm asking, here they are. The West Virginia preseason... 51st in score. This is based on last season. 51st in scoring offense. 80th in yards per play. 112th 
in yards per pass attempt, 102nd in QB rating, 108th in explosive passing rate, meaning the entire passing game has sucked. Defensively, 116th in scoring defense, 116th in points per play. Did you know West Virginia last season allowed .48 points per play? That is, uh, uh, every two times a team just ran a play, they would get a point. 412 yards per game. Oh, I hope all of you are listening to this. 40% on third down. Your pass defense, 111th in college football. 8.2 yards per attempt pass defense. Do you hear that? Do you hear that and you think, oh, that's bad. Right? Right? I'm the idiot? 48th last year recruiting class. 2023, 48th in the country. And I'm the idiot for saying West Virginia would suck. For saying West Virginia wouldn't be good at football. That Neil Brown, who was past the hot seat, who couldn't win, had a place where everybody wins, where even Dana Holgerson could win, a place that, that, that has rich college football history. I was the idiot for saying that West Virginia couldn't, couldn't get it done in Big 12 play. I asked, that's the question, was I? And the answer is yes. Somehow... West Virginia has been good. And I say somehow because on paper, this team should be terrible. 13th out of 14 teams in the Big 12. Garrett Green, the West Virginia quarterback, who, yes, has been hurt, threw five games, total games as a team. I know he hasn't played all five. 53% completion percentage for Garrett Green. That's bad. Nico Marchial, 56%. That's not worse, but still bad. West Virginia as a team, 778 passing yards. Only 62 completions in five games. Are you hearing these numbers? Six passing touchdowns in five games. <sighs> Quarterbacks have only been sacked seven times. Nico Marchial, five of those. He just isn't as crafty, I guess. Seven times. Only seven times is good. I just don't... It mm. Running the football, 959 yards. Hell yeah. 200... Guys... 225 carries for West Virginia this year to 113 passes thrown. 62 completions to 225 carries. 11 touchdowns on the ground. And it's the defense. Above all else, it's the defense. Leading receiver, 239 yards. This is the Iowa of the Big 12. Oh, Beanie Bishop Jr. Trey Lathan. Aubrey Burks. Hershey McLaurin. Sean Martin. Remember when I told you about Sean Martin? He's good. I don't know, man. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how this happens. The offensive line is so good now, all of a sudden. CJ Donaldson is so good now, all of a sudden. And the same defense, new guys, but the same team, the same head coach who last season allowed the 111th worst pass defense in the country. 8.2 yards per attempt. That same coach, the same West Virginia Mountaineers are good. The three E's, baby. Efficiency, explosives, and eliminating errors. Technically four E's, Neil. They did it. They did it. I don't know how. Without Dante Stills, who was the one good thing, they did it. The entire cornerback room left, and you got better. And that's what you guys were saying. You were like, oh, my man Lee's good too. You're saying, 
You're all saying this can't hurt West Virginia. The quarterback room, the cornerback room was so bad that if they all leave, the West Virginia by virtue has to get better. And you were right. And you know why you all said that? You're not experts. The West Virginia people, you're not experts. Neither am I. You're fans. You're supposed to believe in your team. And you did believe. And guess what? You believed correctly. Now do we fire Neil Brown? I don't know. It's a conversation we have for another time. Just know that these numbers don't make sense. West Virginia has broken college football. And I don't understand. I admit that I was wrong, but I don't know how. All of us were wrong. All of us were wrong. God bless. On Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by the Jace Case. Jace Medical, five life-saving antibiotics, one pack. Emergency use antibiotics from Jace Medical help you be prepared. Everyone can be empowered to take care for the care of themselves. And right now, online evaluations with licensed pharmacists, medication delivery, all of that consultation, care, boom. Jace Medical. It's all right here for you. And you get $20 off life-saving antibiotics from Jace Medical. By using code locked on at checkout at jacemedical.com. J A S E medical.com. Go online, fill out a form. You get a prescription, life saving medication right to your door. Storms, outages, shortages, pandemics, reliance on China and supply chain issues, those are tough. Be prepared now more than ever. Easy as one, two, three. Everyone should be empowered. Take care of themselves. $20 off life-saving antibiotics today at Jace Medical by using code locked on at checkout at jacemedical.com. J A S E. Medical.com. Oh, look, it's the we don't want to play with you anymore bowl. Texas and Oklahoma. Now, look, if you're a Texas or an OU fan that watches the show every day, I want to thank you. I don't know why you're here. I don't know why you're here, but I do like you. I do value you. I will talk about you on occasion. And please understand that if you were in the, the flipped case, right, say that you were a TCU fan and and instead of being an Oklahoma fan, and this was the scenario, as the TCU fan, you would want you to lose, right? You would want Oklahoma to lose. Please understand why the rest of us, why the locked-on Big 12 guy, right? I won't, I won't be talking Texas and OU in a year. Please understand why I'm slightly spiteful at two universities that did do the right thing for themselves, that did something that I don't blame them for, but it's just tough to be happy and nice about them. Texas is going to win this game by at least two touchdowns, maybe 17 points. And I know... I know that Oklahoma beat SMU, and SMU has a good offense or whatever. Really, SMU's down this year. Oklahoma killed Iowa State. Struggled against Cincinnati's defense. We all do. Obviously, beat the the brakes off of Tulsa and Arkansas State. Cincinnati played OU better than anyone else, else, but this OU defense is so far improved, it's baffling. Remember, I I said West Virginia had the 118th best defense last year in explosive yards, explosive pass yards. Oklahoma last season had its worst defensive performance possibly in history if you went all the way back. 99th in scoring defense, 122nd in total defense, allowing 461 yards per game. Now... All of a sudden, Oklahoma allows 319 yards per game. That's almost a 150-yard difference. 106 rush yards, 212 pass yards. It's almost as good as the Texas defense. Here's the, here's the reason Texas will maul Oklahoma to me. Texas has, again, we cover our bases here, the better defense, 
and the better offense. And Oklahoma's offense still has some stuff to answer for. 157 rush yards per game. That's great when you consider 352 passing yards per game. Who's the better quarterback in this matchup? Well, Dylan Gabriel's got more experience. But then Quinn Ewers exists and is good. I still don't think Quinn Ewers is a Heisman quarterback. Tar and feather me. I've seen him play a million times. And I, I think his legs are really solid. His arm still gives me... I, I still need something from his arms. Arm. I don't need anything from his left arm. The Oklahoma rushing game... As much as I want, I kind of wanted to crap on it. I wanted to come into this show and be like, oh, oh, you can't run the ball very well. Uh, there's just no way that, that Oklahoma is able to beat Texas because they're so one-dimensional. But then the more I started looking at the tape, Oklahoma can run the ball. But one team has a better offense. One team has a better defense. And both of those teams are Texas. Right now, the I mean, these two teams are good. Texas... Offensive success rate, 46th in the country. Oklahoma's 12th. If you look at the metrics, just the metrics, Oklahoma somehow has better standing offensively in multiple categories. But if you look at the numbers, the numbers, Texas, to me, the better offense because of what it can do in the run game that Oklahoma cannot. They haven't had to lean on Quinn Ewers throwing the ball. Understand that Oklahoma has had to lean on Dylan Gabriel Gabriel throwing the ball. I know it's Jeff Levy, and Jeff Levy likes to toss the rock. But, let's think about this. Would you rather run for 400 yards or pass for 400 yards? It's run. And Texas has the manpower to do that. They, They don't want to throw the ball if they don't have to. They haven't been put in a spot really this year where they've had to throw the ball. And you could argue the the Alabama game, they had to throw the ball. And when they did, Quinn Ewers launched it. So maybe Quinn Ewers is not impressing me a ton because he hasn't been put in a situation where he has to step up and be the quarterback. Reminds me vaguely of what the Dallas Cowboys are going through right now. The defense is so good. The running game is so dangerous that the passing game hasn't had to do much. Dak Prescott hasn't had to do much. Quinn Ewers doesn't need to do much through the first five games of the season. that Maybe that's why it's graded this way. Maybe that's why some of the metrics can point to Oklahoma having a better EPA margin percentage, offensive success rate margin percentage. Texas has gotten better every week. Statistically gotten better every week, especially against better opponents. Right now, a neutral site game, six-point spread, Texas projected by Statso War, their college football graphs, to win by seven points. I look at a lot of Parker stuff at Statso War. Early downs, Texas can take advantage. Both teams, both teams are pretty even. But I'm just leaning with a team that I think has the better offense and the better defense. And it's UT. That's tough to disagree with. I'm sure we can find a wild stat, a wild stat for Oklahoma to win at different points in the game here. But with two very even teams, I give a slight edge offensively to Texas because the run game is it's so dominant they can just control the clock. I give the defensive I give the defensive nod to Texas as well. Oklahoma this year has been so improved, but I just think Texas is better on both sides of the ball, even if it's marginal. So I threw up in my mouth, but I talked about Oklahoma and Texas. 
Texas wins by 14. 14. I think they, they kind of dominate. They're good. I hope it doesn't happen. I'm rooting for Oklahoma. Do you, do you know that? I am. I'm rooting for Oklahoma to win this game. But I think Texas wins. This. Thanks for joining the show today. I'll see you again tomorrow for the best bets. Right? That's tomorrow? Yeah. It has been and it always will be. Locked on. Thanks for making it your first listen every single day. Doce Grande.